Are you searching for a deeper understanding of yourself and your place in the world? Do you yearn for more balance, more peace and purpose in your life? Well, look no further than the Intuitive Revolution podcast, your trusted source for holistic insights and intuitive guidance. I'm your host, Alicia Ferricelli, and I am ready to take you on a journey to inner peace and balanced well-being. Marissa Arnold is a registered dietitian, content creator, and hip-hop dancer based in St. Petersburg, Florida. She offers nutrition counseling and meal planning services to busy women struggling with chronic stress, gut, and hormonal imbalances. She strongly believes in accessing the whole person, guiding her clients through asking the right questions and backing up intuition with the right data to get them through their healing journey. When she isn't wearing her dietitian hat, she teaches hip-hop, heels, and pull at her home studio and trains with a competitive hip-hop team in Orlando. I am so excited to introduce you to Marissa. Please enjoy our conversation. Well, thank you, Marissa, for coming to on our show and speaking to us about something that's super, super important, nutrition, holistic wellness. Um, can't wait to hear all about your journey. Can you share a story of how following your intuition led you to create your dream life at such a young age? Oh my gosh, we're starting off locked and loaded with a very in-depth question. I love it. Wow. I've only recently started to develop that strong intuitive sense. I know I've always had it my entire life, but I never tapped into it because I just, but at the same time, I always just knew that I had a plan for my life. So it was just like, I have a plan. And so you can call it a plan, but you could also call it intuition. So it was intuition the whole time of like scripting my life but it ended up, it just so happened to be like something structured that I had in my head. And I use air quotes because it wasn't actually structured at all. This was all, it was just meant to be. So I would say I just, I knew at a very young age that I wanted to go into nutrition because I saw cancer in my family and how terrible that can be for families and the progression of it and the treatment and how heartbreaking that disease is. And I knew that there was a way to be on a prevention side with cancer and then with so many other illnesses. So I began my passions there. I started researching when I was 16, 17 years old into health and wellness and nutrition and how that relates to disease prevention. I spoke at a couple conferences just because I was passionate about it and I thought it was something fun to do. And that led me to go to school to become a dietitian because that was the closest thing I could think of that just aligned with what my I wanted my path to be. But then everything really took a turn in a good way in 2020 when I just felt like I needed to be on social media. I needed to have a presence on there. I just felt like that was the way that I was going to get clients. So I started experimenting with it. And on my third social media account, I started predominantly on TikTok. I tried once, didn't work. Tried a second time, didn't work. Third time, I actually had a strategy. So then I went in and was able to grow a really big following very quickly on there in the height of COVID. And so that, it was just like, I, I knew, I knew that I needed to do that, that it was a gold mine. Like I was able to tap into and reach all of these people from all over the world 
without having to pay for advertising. And it would just, in theory, work out so well. And it really did. Like social media is the reason why I'm in the position I am today. That was the catalyst. Like just knowing I needed to show up and have an online presence. My hair being blue tied into all of that without me even trying. I had just brown hair with highlights when I was 19. And then I got thrown into the hair modeling world, which I didn't know even existed. But my friend said, hey, you should audition, should go to a casting and see if you can um, like get this role. It's really fun. So I'm like, you know what? Why not? So I think I always followed just that sense of why not? If it's fun, if it if it feels good, if it's not harming me or anyone else, let's see where this leads. And so that hair modeling gig led to me going from blue, uh, brown hair to blue hair. <laughs> Actually, it was blue, green, yellow, and pink. Oh, wow. Mostly that sounds blue. beautiful, actually. <laughs> it was gorgeous. And that led to my first ever viral video because, of course, it was a video about my hair and, like, my hair transformation. I got, like, 2 million views on TikTok. It was crazy. I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm doing the thing. And But then I, I uh, transformed it into more health and wellness. But my hair was such a big part of who I presented online and that made me stand out that made me super unique like oh it's this personal trainer that has blue hair okay cool I'll follow her at least and she dances so it was like I was doing dancing videos and I was just combining all of my creativity and my passion for health and wellness into one account and that did really really well so that's really where it started I think that's when I realized okay I need to keep doing life like this. I need to just say yes to really cool opportunities and see where it leads me. And it's led me to some crazy places. So I love it. That's amazing. So a couple of things. I love how you are letting your intuition guide your branding. Like you've branded yourself by just tapping in and knowing this is exactly where I need to be. There are so many businesses that don't do that. So that's such an amazing thing. Yeah. And the fact that you took chances on, you know, and by the way, listeners, if you're listening on Spotify, Apple, you can't see your hair. You're going to have to go to my YouTube channel when this uploads. It's absolutely gorgeous. This is the first thing any I've, I noticed. I was like in love with it. It's like, reminds me of mermaid hair. It's just, it's beautiful. So definitely you have to check this out when it's on YouTube. There's some green <laughs> in that. here. Yeah. It's, this um, is old. This is three months old hair and it still it's, looks <laughs> it still looks it's so bright it's just it's it's amazing it literally is amazing so I keep saying I'm too old to do that but I don't know you may nah. I may talk into it one day I just don't want the upkeep of it <laughs> understand yeah awesome so making decisions to leave a long-term relationship based on a gut feeling must have been challenging can you talk about what that experience was like and how it contributed to your personal growth Yes. So I, for those that don't know, I was in a four and a half year long relationship. I met my ex-boyfriend on Tinder in college, right out of a year and a half long relationship. So I gave myself 48 hours to get over it. 
and I got right back out there because back then I didn't know how to be alone. So I was like, I was going from a long distance situation to, okay, I just want to be with somebody all the time. So let me find someone to fill that need. And it was a beautiful relationship. We were on the same page all the time. We never fought. It was great. He treated me very, very well very respectful, all, all great qualities. There's literally not a person on this planet that doesn't like him. That's like, he's just a man of character. And in a way that makes it really hard to leave because there was nothing wrong, but I had to be real with myself and think about the life that I want to live going forward. And I didn't realize I could put it into words this way until maybe like a couple weeks ago even. But when I really think about it, I'm like, the woman I want to become and I see myself becoming is not compatible with the man that I was with. Our energies, I could just feel. And it started about the summer of 2023 and we ended things October of 2023, so the fall I could just feel a difference in our energies. Mm-hmm. I was on a different growth trajectory than he was. And it was causing a big difference in in our, I don't know, our frequencies, our energies, whatever you want to call it. I could feel it. It was tangible to me. So when I brought up that I wanted to end the relationship, the first thing that was out of my mouth was I feel different. I didn't know how else to describe it, but I'm like, look, I feel different today than I did two days ago that I did two weeks ago, two months ago. I'm always, I feel like a different person every day in my life because I'm on some, some trajectory. I don't know where I'm going, but I know that I'm going to be doing some crazy stuff in the next couple of years. Do I have to be alone for all of it? No, but I do need a season to be by myself. I've never truly been single since I was like 16 and I'm 23 now. So learning how to be my own person and step out on my own just it didn't put me in survival mode thankfully it just put me in this mindset of well I'm the only one holding myself accountable I have to hold myself to what I set out to do yeah why did I leave a very comfortable situation if I'm not going to grow from it, if I'm not going to take the time to learn about myself, to heal from past traumas, to do the work, truly do the work that I needed to do. I felt like in my relationship, I stepped into a very masculine role. I was always comfortable with being the breadwinner and planning all the dates and planning all the trips and paying for a lot of stuff. And I got to the point where I realized, yes, I, I'm a strong, powerful business owner, but I also want to be taken care of. Yeah. And I want to be in a relationship that allows me to just soften and be very feminine and like not have to worry about anything when I'm with that person. Because in my day-to-day life, I'm always not worrying, but I always have decisions to make and I have to delegate and I have to do all the things. So I'm always in that like very masculine business structure mind. So when I'm with someone I love in a romantic relationship, I just want to like be taken care of. And I feel like I'll I'll get to that point one day, but I knew that I needed to go through some sort of intense growth process. And Hey, it's been what four months and 
wild, wild stuff has happened these four months, I will say. Yeah, that's, that's such a commendable thing to you, especially, um, at your age in your twenties, it's like you, you're still figuring out what you want to do and you get to your thirties and you're kind of like, I feel like sometimes you've wasted your twenties on trying to be something that you're not. So that is amazing that you're able, that you're able to at, at such a younger age to, to realize that and move forward and know that you don't want, um, mediocrity in your life. You don't want the comfort you want you want something more in your life. Absolutely. And I've always thought with a long-term mindset. So back when I was in high school, I'm thinking about today, like present day, 2024, high school, college, I'm thinking about today. And I'm like, where do I want to be? How do I want to set myself up so that I can live just an abundant life where I could do whatever I want when I want? Because once I'm out of the confines of the education system, I don't want to be in a job. I want to be my own boss. And I knew this go, going into it. So I'm like, what habits do I want to secure now that will set me up to be the person that I want to be? And then it's just like this, I'm always thinking long-term big picture yeah. because I do feel very intuitively led in that way that I can just do that and understand like, oh, I want to go to Australia this year. Do I have any plan yet? No, but it's going to happen. I'm very confident in that. Yeah, absolutely. Manifest that in. <laughs> awesome. And I love the conversation about realizing um, that you are having to bring too many masculine qualities that were not on your comfort level into a relationship. And so I see that a lot with different clients that I work with is, they're a lot of our business owners. And so they want to bring that heavy masculine hustle from a business into the relationship. And then they're wondering why they don't feel secure and safe inside of it. Right. And so they don't know how to, to soften. And it takes two, it takes both people to be able yeah. to, to have that. It takes the right chemistry, the right energy, as you said, to be able to, to go into that, to be able to have the masculine feminine, and then to bring out the feminine qualities also in your partner. And the masculine qualities in your partner. So mm -hmm. yeah, that's a big deal in relationships. So big. It is super. Yeah. So your journey to becoming a registered dietitian is quite impressive. What inspired you to pursue this path and how has it shaped your approach to health and wellness? So like I said, in the beginning with the, I'll, I'll get in a little bit more detail with that. Um, my father's cousin was diagnosed with stage three lung cancer when I was about 15 years old and he passed away within a year going through conventional treatments and hearing the doctor's recommendations for diet just did not seem like they made sense. So then I started to look into this. I'm like, well, I had a friend in elementary school, her dad died of cancer and I watched him lose weight and become completely unrecognizable and the heartbreak that happens as a result of that. And just seeing this theme really shook me to my core. And I understood that I wanted to make an impact in some way, but be outside of the hospital scenario. A lot of dietitians work clinically. That's where most people know of dietitians. Now there's wherever you find food, you'll find a dietitian, but 
a lot of people think clinical. And I did work in a hospital during my internship. And what that looks like is you're going and seeing 10 to 25 patients back to back all day. You go in the room, you ask them a few questions like, did you eat? How is your appetite? Do you assess their weight loss? And then you go into an office. Mine had no windows. And you type away a chart. It usually takes like 10 to 20 minutes per person. And then you prescribe them an insure or some other like protein supplement, or you give them a order for a gastric tube or IV nutrition. But then after that, they get discharged at some point and you never see them again. And in reality, you had maybe 10 minutes worth of impact on their life. And I couldn't see myself doing that. It didn't feel like Yes, their dietitians in the hospital are 100% necessary. They have a very important role and not a lot of people recognize that, but I do want to make it known that they do. I just didn't see myself in that role. I saw myself in more of the preventative side and the long-term care of being able to watch a client's progression over the course of months, potentially years. Like some of my clients that I work with now, I've worked with for over a year at this point and seeing their growth and their change, not just in what they eat, but in their mindsets, their outlook on life, their daily habits outside of food. It's so inspiring. And I love to have that really close connection. I love to have that sense of community. So, and then on top of having entrepreneurial parents, it was like the perfect mix. I knew (laughs) that I never wanted to have a boss. That was very clear from the get-go. Of course I had jobs in high school, but beyond that, even in college, I had sales jobs. I always just wanted to be in control of my own income and do whatever I want with that. So that's where I'm at now. Yeah, that's awesome. I so think you've I... spoken about healing gut and hormone imbalances, which by the way, are I'm totally into that um, <laughs> from the source. Could you explain the connection between the nervous system and gut health and how this understanding influences your healing? So the gut and the nervous system are directly in communication with each other all of the time. It's called the HPA axis, the gut-brain connection, where if you are experiencing a sense of anxiety, for example, like mental anxiety, mental stress, something happens that's overwhelming you, causing you to panic a little bit your body sends out this slew of hormones like adrenaline, cortisol, epinephrine, norepinephrine that cause a certain cascade of reactions in the body, like your blood pressure increasing, your heart rate, your breath increasing. And what that actually does is it pulls energy away from your gut and doesn't allow your gut time to digest food it constricts everything. This is when a lot of people will get acid reflux if they have, if they've just eaten. And because we have two different responses in our nervous system, our parasympathetic, which is our rest and digest and our sympathetic, which is our fight or flight. Right. And depending on which one you're in rest and digest, it's right in the name. You want to be <laughs> in the parasympathetic response most of the time so that you can relax, recover, 
from a long day's work and eat and digest your food without uncomfortable symptoms. A lot of people are stuck in fight or flight, in chron- a state of chronic stress. Now, stress is a good thing, acutely, meaning short term, if like you're swerving away from a crazy Floridian driver that's about to hit you. <laughs> Daily, no. <laughs> You need to make sure that you have a really <laughs> rapid response time. And yes, your heart rate's going to, and you're going to get in primal focus mode. But being in that state for too long can actually damage the immune system. Um, it, in some cases, can even cause autoimmunity where your immune system doesn't know right from wrong and starts attacking your own cells, your own body systems. It's it's crazy, but it happens so often nowadays I'm seeing autoimmunity cases like POTS, for example, all the time. And that will also impact the gut negatively. If you are in a constant state of stress, you're never able to truly get back into that rest and digest mode. So you're going to have things like bloating, abdominal cramping. Some people have diarrhea, some people have constipation. Um, But then at the same time, just as the brain and the gut are connected. The gut is, they both send signals back and forth to each other. So there's also certain hormones that are produced in the gut that affect the brain. So serotonin, for example, one of our happy mood neurotransmitters are produced in the gut. Most of it is. So if we have bad gut health, it can actually impact our mood a lot. Um, so that's, there's so many examples. It is truly so nuanced. I could go on all day about it, but those are just some examples that come right off the top of my head and our gut microbiome, the more diverse we have, the better our immune systems are. And the more we crave healthier, more nutrient diverse, diverse nutrient dense foods, which is also really interesting. And those foods are also going to impact our mood. Vitamin D is essential for brain health. So there's so many, so many things, like I said, but all in all, they are extremely connected. So what would you say someone who suffers from high anxiety and stomach issues, cramping, diarrhea, all that stuff, what would you say would be a good first step for them? Well, considering everybody is individualized, I like to look at what they're eating, but also how they're sleeping, what their exercise routine is like, what their work-life balance is like, what they do at work, what they do when they get home. All of it is going to play a part in how they feel and their how it's affecting their gut. Um, sleeping enough, of course, is essential, but if our cortisol is out of whack, it can cause people to be exhausted all day, but wired at night. And then the cycle just continues to repeat and they get terrible sleep, uh, which is going to indirectly impact the way your body's able to digest food as well. So it's a lot of big picture stuff at first to see where we can identify stressors in different areas. This is usually the protocol I follow. We identify environmental lifestyle and nutritional stressors. Then we look at which ones you can reasonably reduce or eliminate, 
I have a stressor score checklist slash quiz that I give new clients where they can see all of these different stressors and check off. Oh, yep. That's me. That's me. That's me. And then at the bottom, I give them a range of like, okay, well, maybe you just have a couple stressors here and there. These are pretty easily managed. We'll get through this quickly. Or you're in constant fight or flight. You have over 16 daily stressors that are causing you problems. And all of them in some way are playing a part into your gut and hormone health. So you can't heal from the problem if you don't remove the trigger. You can't heal from, you can't heal in the same environment that made you sick. So that means like on a broad scale, if you live in a toxic living situation, which I know all too well, back in 2021, I had was living in a very toxic living situation while trying to heal my gut and hormones. I was eating clean. I was sleeping. I was doing all the things, but nothing was working. It just felt like I was stuck. And then once I was able to move out of that environment, that's when the needle started to move. Not the needle on the scale, uh, but the needle, uh, you know, the actual Your health, <laughs> the health, but yeah. then looking at hydration is important. Making sure that the exercise that they're doing is conducive to being healthy for their nervous system. There was a time where I was weightlifting five to six times a week and not doing any other form of exercise. And I was always stressed out. So I'm stressed out. And then I'm going to the lift weights and adding more stress because resistance training is stress. Not a bad thing. Again, stress isn't always bad, but when you're already overburdened with stress, adding that kind of movement or high intensity interval training or sprinting isn't aligned. You want to down-regulate your nervous system. You want to pull into like lighter movement styles like qigong or yoga walking slow dance like mm -hmm. even contemporary dance things like that ballet those can all just help you down regulate your nervous system get out of that fight or flight so that's one thing i see a lot with clients as well and what else so we identify the triggers we remove the ones we can there's going to be always some non-negotiables, things that you can't change or you can't change right away. And that's fine, but limiting or reducing what we can, and then improving the body's resilience to stress, because there's two sides to stress management. It's the elimination, but it's the improving resilience because mm -hmm. everybody is going to go through highs and lows in life. I'm just here to make the lows less low. Yeah. Like if you get sick, for example, I got a, I got a little cold after going to New York City for 24 hours and dealing with the 50 degree temperature difference. My <laughs> immune system's like, what are you doing? You're around a bunch of people and now you're in 20 degrees and now you're back. So yeah, I got sick. I got a fever. I was over it in 24 hours. Whereas a couple years ago, it probably would have, I would have been down for at least a week. So it's just improving resilience. Um, that comes from lifestyle and nutrition habits, the way you eat, eating the right foods that work for your body, the right lifestyle for you, waking up at a proper hour, having a good wake up routine, having a good wind down routine at night. So you can um, support your body's natural cortisol production to be more in line with how it should be. Um, 
how busy you are at work, making sure you're taking time at work to eat lunch, undistracted, chew your food thoroughly, slow down, add some meditation to your day, add some breath work. I like to encourage my clients to have at least one to three mindfulness habits plugged into their day. And it can be something as simple as like a five minute breath work that they look up on YouTube. That's totally free. Just something to slow down. And because we get stuck in this autopilot, this go, 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 this hustle all the time, especially as entrepreneurs, business owners, it's very common. So slowing down can be so, so helpful. So that's stage three. We improve resilience and then we focus really heavily on the mindfulness practices that you can continue to add so that all of the rest is supported. So it's very whole body. I'm not just looking at, okay, what's the gut doing or what are your hormones doing? It's your, your entire life is going to impact those two things. Yeah. If one body part doesn't work, then it affects another body part. Yeah. Kind of a cycle going people don't really think about that. They're like, oh, well, you know, my arm hurts today, but. <laughs> Creates an imbalance. Yeah. So as a dietitian, how do you incorporate intuition into your practice and how do you encourage your clients to do the same? That is a good question. And that is something I'm learning so much this year. I actually saw a psychic two days after I broke up with my boyfriend and she said specifically that I would be using my intuition in my practice, in my career so much and that there's so much untapped potential that you are just like right there you're about to unlock so i'm still feeling out that path yeah. but what i use it for right now is learning to use my intuition to ask them the right questions mm -hmm. and help them learn how to ask themselves the right questions it is so much easier to get to the bottom of why they're feeling the way they're feeling if we ask the right questions. That's where all of it starts. That's why I have that stressor score checklist. It's like, have you asked yourself this question before? Probably not. And then when you do, it makes you think, okay, well, if this is unaligned, if this is causing an imbalance, then what else could? So that's how I found out back in 2021 that I had a soy sensitivity. I didn't know how to ask the right questions. I call the naturopath friend and she's just like on the phone with me for a good five minutes. It's all it took. She's like, have you thought about soy? I'm like, no, but every time I eat sushi, I run to the bathroom. So maybe it could be that. And then that led me to ask what ingredients in everything I'm eating in a day has soy. And it was everything. Yeah. <laughs> Soys and everything. And so I'm like, okay, let me just try this. I'm going to remove it from my diet for two days and see what happens. And I felt like a completely different person. And since then I've been soy free for the most part, unless it's unintentional and I order food at a restaurant and they mess it up, which has happened. But overall, that's how I got to the bottom of it. I just had someone guide me a little bit and that led me to use my own intuition to know, okay, she's probably right. Cause she also said it could be this, it could be this. She gave me like five or 10 options, but soy stuck out to me when she mm. said it. 
So that's the same kind of process I like to use with my clients. Like I can show them all of these different things that I'm thinking, but they know their life more than I could ever know their life. So then that leads us down the rabbit hole of then finding what this root cause is for them, or it could be multiple things. And honing in on that has been really helpful. And then also being able to back that up with data and functional lab testing and just confirming that that's the beauty of it. Like I just recently met a girl in a coffee shop that I told, I was like, Hey, I have a soy allergy. Can you just check with the back? Make sure if I'm ordering this food that, you know, it's all clear. And she's inquiring. She's genuinely curious about having that allergy. She's like, I've been having terrible, terrible issues for so long. I'm like, okay, cool. Let's sit down and talk about it next week. So we sit down and she's explaining when all this started. And sometimes it's hard to know exactly when, but after asking enough, she's like, oh yeah, I did have this really terrible food poisoning pretty recently. It was like eight months ago. And I think it was ever since then. I'm like, well, there you go. Okay. Let's, let's focus on this because you had no issues until this moment. And I know that food poisoning can continue to cause problems and create um, an altered immune response and inflammatory state long after you don't have a fever anymore and you're not throwing up anymore and all this stuff. So we did a GI map, which is a stool test that shows parasites, fungi, worms, dysbiotic bacteria, and she still has the bacteria from the food poisoning. Now the symptoms are more mild, but it's still affecting her day to day. It was never fully cleared out. So now we can take that. And that was, that's what I felt like right as soon as she said food poisoning, I'm like, okay, this is it. And then just to get the actual lab results verified and knowing exactly that's what it was and nothing else. It was literally nothing else. It's just that. I was like, okay, so I'm on the right track. So I know, like, I know how to ask the right questions now and guide myself, but then also help guide them to figure out what the root cause is and then working our way through that. That's amazing. I mean, you literally, if I can tell people, like, if you want to save time, you want to save money on things, just start asking, like you said, ask questions to yourself. Mm -hmm. Start looking intuitively to what, what you want, what you're feeling, all that stuff. And it'll, it'll line you back up to what, you know, the answer is there. So that's like, so your story with, um, soy is a lot like mine with gluten. Yep. I noticed every time I'd have some type of bread product and this has been a almost 10 years ago, I guess well, well back, um, I would get sick. I was like, this is really weird. And I knew nothing about gluten. I knew nothing about any of the stuff. I had nothing about health really besides I like to work out and stay thin. What was it, <laughs> you know? And so I started researching a little bit and I started eliminating it. And once I did that, it was like amazing how much better I felt. Yeah. But if it's kind of the same thing, if I hadn't really started questioning, like, well, what am I eating that's causing this? What can, you know, kind of going deep into myself of why is my body acting like this? Every time I would eat this, this is not normal at all. Yeah. And a lot of people just push that away. A lot of people accept, yep, they accept what they're feeling as normal. We are taught as women <laughs> that painful periods and PMS 
normal. Isn't that wild? So talk a little bit about that. Uh, there's <laughs> one of the primary things that I do in my practice is I help women transition off of hormonal birth control and rebalance their hormones. I was on hormonal birth control myself for a year back in, I think it was 2021 to 2022 or something like that. And I witnessed firsthand how it negatively impacted my gut health. I didn't have a problem with soy until after I was wow. done with birth control. Actually during, during birth control was when I had started getting really bad gut issues because gut and hormones are very aligned. A lot of hormones are produced in the gut. And I had painful periods literally my entire life since the age of 13. I would miss school. I would miss work. I would have to frame my schedule around when I would get my period because I knew I would be out of commission for at least two days out of every month in bed, fatigued, back pain, all, all the works, bad PMS, mood swings. Um, sometimes I would even throw up from my period. Sometimes I've almost passed out from my period. I would see spots and every month for 10 years, really. And once I got off hormonal birth control, I realized I need to look more into this because the one thing that birth control does is it sometimes can lessen period pains because you don't have a period. It's a false one. So I got used to not having them be as bad. And I realized, well, I'm going to get off of this and they're going to go right back to how they were before. And of course they did. And a little bit worse. So I started educating myself on hormone healing yeah. and what our cycles are actually doing. I feel like I didn't get that in school. I didn't really get like, what's our follicular phase? What's the ovulatory phase? What hormones are high during this part? What parts are, which ones are low? What do you need to be doing in your life during each phase? Because it's kind of different. We don't have a 24 hour hormonal cycle like a man does. So we shouldn't right. be functioning like men. Right. <laughs> All of this stuff that I started to learn in my, I say early twenties, I'm still in my early twenties, but like 21, 22 was when I really started to look into this stuff and began experimenting with herbal teas and anti-inflammatory foods and healing my gut too. So getting away from soy helped a lot. And then I realized a lot of it was just due to stress. Uh, I was having too much stress, too much cortisol. I wasn't clearing out my estrogen properly because the pill that I was on was high estrogen. So I wasn't clearing it out. And the higher your estrogen is, if it's imbalanced in comparison to your progesterone, that's an increased risk for period pains. Mm. Um, and these, is it an androgens, prostaglandins, there's these painful hormones that I don't know if they're even hormones at this point, I'm going to have to brush up on androgens and prostaglandins, but if you want to look them up yourself, I definitely recommend it. So you know what they're doing in the body, yeah. but essentially I realized there was a very strong correlation between stress and my painful periods. And I was always growing up, like I said, in that state of fight or flight, didn't notice until I got out of a really tough, um, living in situation 
that, okay, I can really start to manage my stress now. I'm in a calmer environment than I was my entire life. I'm not beating myself up as much as far as like putting too much pressure on myself. I was always a perfectionist. I was always a chronic worrier and overthinker, just always high stress. Cause that's just what I knew from my environment growing up. That was my patterns. That was my behavior. Um, my routine was to just worry about everything and never be in the present moment. And once I learned how to slowly undo that breath work was the first thing that really changed things yeah. for me. That being able to directly impact your autonomic nervous system and slow down your heart rate yeah. through your breath was wild to me. And that was the first thing that started that and the herbal teas and just learning how to calm down yeah. and getting out of a tricky environment helped a lot. It did help a lot, but I was still having painful periods. It's not like that ever went away. I would still have to take a leave. It would happen in the middle of the night. Like I would, there would be at least an hour where I'm just like in agonizing pain, but overall my periods were better. So that was like, okay, green light. I'm on the right track. Then the craziest thing that has ever happened to me, one of the craziest things, and there's been a lot of crazy things. So the fact that this is up there and it all has to do with my period. When I left my relationship, I prayed a lot about it and what I was supposed to do, what my path was, why I had just this strong intuition to leave and what I was meant to do now. And I had a little conversation with God about healing my relationship with my mother because I did not want to do it. And we hadn't talked in about two years because of my parents' divorce. We had a really rocky relationship. I ended up blocking her. We just couldn't be in communication for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And what I came to realize was I would have never sought to heal the relationship with my mom unless I left this relationship with my partner because he was my safety net and my blanket. Like mm -hmm. just, I always felt like he was everything I needed. So I never would have made that a priority, even though I needed it for my soul and my healing. So two weeks after the breakup, I reached out to her. We got coffee. It was great. It's been great ever since we're like best friends again, which is so nice. That was very healing to me. And then also nurturing my feminine side, learning how to do pole dancing. That's been really fun. That's a new way of like showing that I'm very strong and I can do all these things, but it's bringing the artistic side as well. Yeah. It's just perfect for me. I have a pole in my dance studio, which is in my garage. And so I can access it at any time and working on like more feminine movement styles in dance have been great and nurturing strong female friendships and understanding like that the friendships I had with girls in elementary, middle school, high school, college did not have to be the same. Like it doesn't have to be catty. It doesn't have to be competitive. Girls aren't like the way that I thought they were. Like I don't have to have drama. We can have open communication. We can say, I love you to each other. We can just be there for each other, support each other, lift each other up. Yeah. Um, and I never really sought out female friendships because I was always in a relationship. <laughs> Yeah. So all this time. And that was so healing to my soul as well. Like getting to say that I have girl best friends 
it's not something I've been able to say since high school. And then that was like freshman or sophomore year. So it's been a really long time and I'm finally in that place. And I'm just doing so much inner work. I'm tapping into my feminine so much that my period ended up being 16 days late. And I was confused because my period's always super regular. If anything, as terrible as they were, they were always regular. So that's the one thing I could rely on in life (laughs) is I could plan my schedule around my period because it was always on the same day. Well, it was 16 days late. And I'm like going through the checklist in my head of what I would go through with a client. Why is your period regular? What's changed with your nutrition, your exercise, your stress levels, your sleep, your, have you traveled? And all of this was just, no, everything's exactly the same. So my intuition, I like to joke about it a lot. So I was like, oh yeah, it's just the moon. The moon is doing something. And that's why my period is late. I was joking, but also knew that there was no other explanation. But I knew. I was like, there's something going on. Yeah. And then on December 12th, I got my period. And that was the new moon. Wow. And I don't know if you know this, but women historically align their periods with either the new moon or the full moon. If they're energetically aligned to do so, I guess. Back in the day, way back in the day. Yeah. And we've gotten away from that in modern society. I never was synced up with the moon. This is never something I even thought about. Yeah. Not only this. Yes, it was synced up with the moon. It was my first ever pain-free period. When I tell you, not even a little cramp. It was completely pain-free. I was like, is this a fluke? Am I dreaming? This has never happened in my entire life. And then January rolls around the new moon again. It happened again. I'm like, okay, this is not a fluke. I'm (laughs) changing. This is change. This is progress. I'm healing my hormones like completely. I feel completely aligned. It's so funny. It's a new moon because that's when you want to bring stuff in. And so yeah. like you've, you've almost manifested in a pain-free period. You've manifested your f- femininity, all that stuff aligns up. So it makes, to me, it makes so much sense why that would, would be happening. All the synchronicities. I love that. That's amazing. Yeah. It's not just, that's why I'm like, it's not just about nutrition. Yes. Nutrition is a big part of a lot of things, but that's why I don't just focus on that one realm with my clients. There's so much more to it. It's yeah. Than eating your apples and spinach. <laughs> <laughs> for that, but yeah, exactly. So looking ahead, what are your aspirations for continuing to empower busy women to break free from chronic st- stress? And how do you plan to evolve your practice as an intuitively led dietitian? Oh, well, uh, this year for me, 2024, I'm getting very strong themes of travel for just personal, personal reasons, but also for content, like showing people how to eat when they're traveling, which I think will be really cool side, like way to bring in healthy eating, healthy lifestyle, even for someone who's really busy, because a lot of my clients are like pretty busy to the point where they're traveling as well. And then collaboration is also a really Mm -hmm. big theme. 
for this year. I've gotten really great opportunities already to collaborate with some really incredible women on some really great projects. I'm, I don't know how much I can say yet, but my business coach recently approached me about a business idea that she has and it aligns dance and education and nutrition and because I am an educator and that doesn't just revolve around food. Even though I'm a dietitian, it's a very small facet of the big picture. I love teaching in so many different ways just because I love learning and I love the spark, the creative spark that you get when you're like, you have those aha moments when you're learning something new. I love giving that to people. So it's not just with nutrition, it's with dance as well, just because that's like, ah, it's my, my favorite thing to do. One of my favorite things to do. So she basically got on a Zoom call with me and like lifted up a silver platter and opened it and was like, here's everything you ever want to do with your career. And I have the means to help us get you there. And oh. I was blown away that she even offered, like pitched this to me. And I'm so excited to work on whatever this project is with her because it's just, it feels so intuitive. It feels so right. The timing feels perfect. Um, and then I'm collaborating with my friend Erza. She does these moon picnics. She's fabulous. Moon. She's <laughs> awesome. I'm going to teach a workshop on self-confidence, self-love and empowerment and just tying in all of this because she wrote down, she's so sweet. We met and she wrote down all of my talents on a notebook. And it was of like, she, she's, like she's like pointing them out to me. She's like, you're good at this. You're good at this. You're good at this. And I'm just like, this is the nicest thing ever. And then she's like, out of all of this though, I think that the strongest theme is confidence. And I would love for you to teach women on confidence. Like I would be honored because I, I got a lot to say about that, I think. Yeah. So collaborating with her and there's just like, Getting in communion with women in the space. I would love to run retreats one day or be a part of a retreat to where I can. I, yeah. I love public speaking, which is not something a lot of people can say. I would be very comfortable getting on a stage with a microphone in front of 10,000 people. So that might be on my horizon. I also love writing. I know in my heart and soul that I'm supposed to write a book one day. Or when you know, you know. <laughs> When I know, I know. When I know, I need to go to no, Australia. You know, you just write a book. You, yeah, you know. All of these things. All of them. So that's, I don't know what 2024 has in store. And this is the first year where I'm like, I don't have a set plan. I'm just going to let my intuition guide me because it has not led me astray at this point. It has been spot on every time. The only time shit hits the fan is when I don't trust my gut. So Yes. <laughs> I'm ready for whatever it has in store, but yes, very strong themes with collaboration and women empowerment and self-confidence. I love that. You have so many great things coming. Can't wait to see towards the end of the year, um, all these collaborations. Um, yeah. And let me know when you do so I can share it with our listeners and they don't know what's, what, what to expect you. Um, thank you again for joining us. All of Marissa's information will be in the show notes. You can contact her, reach out to her. Um, you do virtual cons consultations, correct? I do. I do a free 30 minute consult by phone 
beforehand, just so I could get to know you, make sure that we're a right fit. And then everything is virtual. Beautiful. Awesome. Well, you have such a beautiful story. I'm so glad you're on here. Um, thanks again. Thank you for providing the platform. I really appreciate it.